Every once in a while, a film comes along that is so good, it leaves audiences begging for more. They demand a sequel because they have to know what happens next. Where do these characters go from here? Sometimes, though, Hollywood delivers a sequel that literally no one asked for. But this episode isn't about movies. It's about muffins. But it's not actually about muffins. It's about our pursuit of more. What if I told you that your life right now is worth noticing? This is the Attention Collection. I'm Anthony Garcia. When Oliver Stone presented the movie Wall Street to the world in 1987, it became a cultural touchstone. It's all about corporate greed and clawing to the top of the ladder. It turned Michael Douglas's character Gordon Gecko into one of the most quotable villains in cinema. To some, Gecko was an anti-hero. To others, he's someone to emulate. It was a good movie. But did we need a sequel? If you've seen the 2010 follow-up, yes, they waited until 2010. Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, the answer's probably clear. No. No, we did not. If you haven't seen it, you can probably manage through the rest of your life without it, but if I've piqued your interest here, this is the best scene of the film. It features Shia LaBeouf and Josh Brolin, and it's only 12 seconds long. See, I find that everybody has a number, and it's usually an exact number. So what is yours? More. More. Isn't that what most of us are waiting on, if we're being honest? It's the one thing we need to finally feel good about how life is going. It's that missing piece. It's the reason we begin sentences with things like, one of these days, or if only... It's a magical place, and when we arrive, then we'll be able to take off our shoes. We'll be able to kick back and rest in the shade for a little while. The interesting thing, though, at least in my experience, is that once you finally wrap both hands around more, it turns into the same stuff you were already holding. You stare at it for a minute, but then you catch something out of the corner of your eye. What is that? Oh, there it is. That's more. And the chase ensues. Can you relate to that? Most of us aren't greedy millionaires like Gordon Gecko, always scheming to dump a few more loads of cash on our gigantic stockpile. Our more is modest by comparison, and that's why we're okay with it. No, we wouldn't chase a million dollars away if it knocked on our front door, but we aren't greedy. We just want to raise at work, a nicer car, a newer phone, maybe a bigger house. Okay, on the lake. All right, and with the boat, whatever. We don't have a dollar amount. That's the point. It's just more. The question, though, what happens when you get there? Will you tap out? Put a stake in the ground and call it good? It's not usually dollars and cents we're after. It's just the stuff it affords. It's the lifestyle. 
It's the freedom. But studies show that's not actually how it works. It's not that money has no bearing on happiness. Sociologists and psychologists often find that money does have a lot to do with life satisfaction in people around the world. When bills are paid, when housing is secured, when all of the day-to-day expenses are covered, that's where money brings happiness. After that, though, money doesn't have a strong correlation to happiness. In fact, the more money people have, the greater the tendency for the opposite effect. The more you have, the more you stand to lose. And I already know some of you are thinking, that's nice, but I'd like to give it a shot, thanks. Think about it like this. We're like kids when it comes to our insatiable desire for more. I'll give you an example. This morning, I made breakfast for my three kids. And it was a case study in this very subject. It went something like this. My daughter Eliana was first to the counter. She requested a cranberry orange muffin, which I lovingly served alongside half a banana. Thanks, Dad. Her sister Isabel was up next, and she requested an egg and toast. How practical. Which I was more than happy to provide. And then finally, their brother Lincoln dragged himself tired and rubbing his eyes up to the counter, and he also requested an egg and toast. And at that point, my fatherly breakfast duties were over, so I just sat back and folded my arms and watched my beautiful children enjoy the meal that I had so generously prepared for them. But that's actually not how it ends. As soon as Eliana finished what was on her plate, she immediately asked for what her brother and sister were eating, an egg. So I asked, are you even going to eat it? And she immediately shot back, yes! So I complied. And right after this, Lincoln was finishing his egg, and he decided he would very much enjoy one of those muffins he saw his sister eat. So, I asked again, are you even going to eat it? And yes, he shot back, and so I complied. And then, as if in a scripted sitcom, Isabel looked over at her brother's cranberry orange muffin and decided she needed it in her life as well. I pushed back at this one. You can't still be hungry, Is. You already had so much and you've barely finished the toast that's on your plate. I'll eat it, she said. Do you promise? I asked. Yes, she shot back. And it was then that I launched into the parent lecture that you've heard so many times before. I talked to her about the starving people who dig in dumpsters behind restaurants to find scraps of food just to survive and how we shouldn't waste food, but she looked at me unimpressed and still very much wanting the orange cranberry muffin, and so I complied. And then I walked away to use the bathroom. And what did I find when I emerged? An empty plate. Wow, all right, is. Had she in fact eaten it? No. No, she had not. She directed me to the garbage can. And what did I find? A completely untouched muffin, save for a tiny nibble mark in the corner. 
So what happened? Well, as our parents used to say, her eyes were bigger than her stomach. So why did she demand more? Because her awareness hadn't caught up with her impulse. the things good nutritionists talk about, aside from the nutritional value and portion sizes of food, is the way we actually eat the food. Turns out there are millions of nerves and neurons that connect our guts to our brains. Many biologists say it's like we have two brains almost, one in our skulls and a second, a gut brain. And one of the jobs of this brain is to signal our other brain when we're full. But when we're eating junk foods that overstimulate or when we eat food too fast, we don't hear the alarm when it goes off, and so we overeat. And that's why it's recommended that we eat slow and mindfully, because this gives us the chance to notice the trigger that informs us when we're satisfied. Isabel missed that trigger at breakfast because she was competing with her siblings and hyper-stimulated by all the options. She thought she wanted more, and then she got it. Can we be honest for a minute? Isn't that us, a little bit, chasing more in our lives? And it's not just money. It's status, or relationships, or approval from other people. We cram as much as we can, and then we look around at what's on someone else's plate, and we start to want what they have. And then if we finally get it, we can't even enjoy it because we didn't realize we were already full. So no, we aren't kids anymore, fighting over breakfast at the table. But I don't think we actually naturally just outgrow this impulse to chase more. It's something that stays with us unless we get quiet enough unless we slow down enough to notice the patterns and then to do something about it. If only we could slow down long enough to actually pay attention to what's already on our plates, to enjoy what we're fortunate enough to have right in front of us. We might actually have room for more once we're finished. We might notice that, yes, I could have more in this area or that area of my life, that things would improve if I added more here. But we might also find ourselves completely satisfied, energized, and grateful. One bite at a time. We savor it. And then we go from there. Your life is waiting for you. You already have so much right in front of you. So how do you slow down and actually enjoy it? It's all in the art of paying attention. If you've reached the end of this podcast and you feel like you could still use a little bit more, wink, Why don't you jump over to Facebook or Instagram? That's where this monologue becomes a dialogue. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to build a community. In the meantime, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, will you subscribe? Share this with other people. Let's get this conversation 
going until next week.